Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 91 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, what a weekend in the Overwatch League. Uh, I think me and you, like, our brackets were pretty chalk. Uh, we <laughs> we pretty much picked top seeds all around. And uh, that was the reason why we uh, our brackets absolutely sucked. We got but our brackets got busted like on the first day, basically, uh, at least in the North American region where there were three upsets, which me and Joe did not expect at all. Um, But pretty nuts weekend, right, Joe? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, um, you know, it's not. uh, We're not alone in this, I'm sure. not very uh lots of matches that definitely didn't go the way uh most people were thinking particularly with um like the relative consistency we saw in uh in asia too you know it's uh we didn't expect tons different from uh necessarily the final results in uh from the main melee but uh clearly that didn't happen oh yeah this this genji meta was was very different than we thought it would be here joe (laughs) um clearly you had teams like the Los Angeles Valiant, who we literally, I think, just talked up like a couple weeks ago, like crazy, <laughs> getting knocked out in the first round to Toronto Defiant because when Genji is meta, Agilities is apparently a, a very good player. Um, they ended up making it all the way to the semifinals, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, you had teams like the Washington Justice beating Gladiators, which I wasn't surprised about because I'm a Gladiators fan and I know that happens. Um <laughs> Outlaws beating Mayhem was pretty nuts. Let's just okay. Let's stick onto this one. Outlaws Mayhem. Um, I mean, what do you t- what do you? I mean, Florida last May melee they they came out they got second overall, and they they sort of made a statement. They said we're good now. Um, the summer showdown, kind of the opposite statement here, Joe. Are are you worried for the Florida Mayhem? Clearly, they're not consistent across metas. Um, right. I, do you, if, if this I Genji mean, meta continues, you know, do you see Florida doing this, just losing to Houston outlaws consistently or what? Yeah. I mean, uh, just historically, you know, this isn't an, uh, incredibly consistent team. And, and I say that, um, uh, knowing that, you know, in recent hist in recent history, um, uh, relatively so they have been, you know, this, this is a team that's looked really nice, um, Recently, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, you know, super concerned about them in that sense, because uh, this isn't isn't a team with like a, uh, you know, this isn't like the the Shanghai Dragons getting swept by Houston, uh, and not not a sweep, but uh, you know, falling to Houston in the first round of a tournament like this, um, that absolutely, I think Florida, like you know, generally and particularly in the month of May. Uh, absolutely the better team. Uh, uh, but, but, but yeah, as far as this particular series, I think this is, uh, you know, Houston is a very situational roster. Uh, <laughs> I think that's not exactly a, a, a controversial statement to say, but yeah, bringing in um, and keeping in, you know, uh, some of these, the roster changes is kind of inflexible. I mean, hydration play and main tank um, that entire series um, uh, keep it, keep it links or Dante steady. I mean, that's, um, you, you know, when you know what works, uh, as Houston, you, you gotta, 
we compliment the the coaching and that sort of thing there that um, clearly you know they had they found the success the success that they needed and you know this explosion of of Genji like we talked about which I believe I was looking this up earlier because um, the his most recent uh, changes went live on the sixteenth of June um, so technically it was. Um, uh, week week three of the summer showdown qualifiers that those uh, those changes went live, but we really uh, were able to see see some of those effects um, this past weekend. Absolutely, yeah. I think this was, if anything, proof that the two week system is what we need because in week one it was a completely different meta than what we saw this weekend. Oh, we did see some Genji uh, the pa- the last weekend, but it wasn't overwhelming. There wasn't an overwhelming amount of Genji this weekend, uh, which I think a lot of people enjoyed because we haven't seen Genji in a while. Some other people didn't enjoy it so much. Uh, there are some people who really, really hate Genji, Joe. Um, uh, probably like support players or mercy players and stuff like that that just really despise Genji as a as a hero. Which I guess I don't blame him, but I, I personally enjoyed the hell out of this weekend because Genji was back in the meta for the first time in such a long time. It was fresh, fun to watch, and we got tons of upsets because of it with some really good players, some really good Genji play. Um, uh, we've quickly run down the first uh, the first round matches here. Um, as far as Paris Dallas goes, like Dallas's loss here is. Looking a lot less uh, less worse here once we look at the final results of everything. Of course, facing off against Paris, but yeah. I mean, who would have thought that uh, the entire tournament champion would be playing in the first round on Friday? They played all weekend. They were exhausted probably at that point. But um, yeah, I, I honestly, all these upsets, Joe. Where do you where do you think it came from? Do you think it came from this Genji play? What, like were the were the mayhem gladiators valiant just like not ready for this meta like what was going on with these three teams that got upset because we clearly did not think they were going to get upset yeah i mean that's you know the biggest difference is certainly the the kinds of play we saw and the the styles of play we saw um and that sort of thing i don't know um, you always feel, or I always feel hesitant to, like, pin the whole thing just on. Oh, it's you know vaguely the meta, um, that that made a difference. But, um, but yeah, just based on these these kind of matches we saw. Um, uh, I mean, when you have, um, like we're talking about Toronto, uh, a player like Agilities who's able to find that success, um. Uh, when you have a player like Sparkle, who's able to to play the Genji consistently, um, and we'll talk more about Paris, but but and receive the support that he needs uh, on that hero. Uh, when you have uh, uh, for Washington Justice, a player like Tuba, uh, who had a really good Genji this past weekend, um, that um, was certainly not, um, uh, shall we say, highlighted in the past. Uh, uh, you know, on this team, but also, you know, when, when have, when has Genji been as big a, an effect on, uh, on like professional games in general in a really long time? Um, 
and it's so, so it's weird, but it's also kind of not weird. But I don't know. It's <laughs> is it not exactly what um, what am I trying to say? It, it, it's it's not what not what we expected. You're right, um, and just yeah that how quickly the how quickly it can change and you know clearly the fortunes of these teams um changing sort of in an instant just based on uh, uh, how uh how the league is reading the the meta this week i mean it's crazy oh yeah um i think everyone was super surprised by all the upsets there i mean we continued to get some more upsets later, uh, but the quarterfinals was a little more normal. I, I think three of the teams I thought were going to win their matchups won. I did not expect Toronto Defiant to go so far, um, but I honestly think it's just a mixture of Atlanta. And Tor- Atlanta consistently being disappointing this season and um, Agilities being so damn good at the, the Genji um, and being able to play him again. Um, but yeah, things went back to normal. Fusion 3-0-ing Houston, very normal. Uh, Shock 3-0-ing Justice, very normal. And um, Paris winning 3-1 over the Titans. I don't. Uh, Titans had a very easy summer showdown qualifying schedule, so I don't think anyone thought they deserved that four seed. Um, so, bunch of normal there. But I think it's once we get to the semifinals that people want to hear us talk about. Um, a specific matchup. Philly won 3-0. Nice and easy. I mean, Philly had a real easy schedule going into the finals here. Houston and Toronto are the two teams Two teams I did not think they would be facing. Um, and I was kind of worried for them going into the finals just because of how easy their schedule was going into the finals. But you had a shock versus Eternal game, um, which was nuts. I, I, going into this tournament, shock dominated the summer showdown. Uh, qualifying matches against teams like Philly, who we thought they wouldn't dominate against. Um, and did they? I think they might have even played Paris, too. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll go look. look. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. It, it's, it was a crazy, <laughs> crazy match. I don't think anyone expected Shock to lose this, lose at all uh, in the summer showdown. I think they expected a easy road to victory for them joe what what do you think yeah they did 3-0 paris and um on june 20th in week 20 so they 3-0 paris philly all these i mean the justice um but yeah what do you what do you think happened here do you think paris just really turned on sparkle of course getting to play his signature signature genji maybe shock just not having as good of a genji player as the rest (laughs) of the league it's hard to what do you think hard to (laughs) just Hard to uh, uh, discount him as far, yeah. as far as that goes. I mean, um, I, I put on our our show run our show rundown uh, before we started uh, when we always pick MVPs every week. Um, for you, I just wrote Sparkle. I assume uh, uh, partly just because I had already picked a different one, but I, I, that way we would have two two unique MVP candidates. But um, but yeah, it it was reminded me a lot of the way, uh, like the way we see New York, um, particularly season one, season two, New York play around um, Jonak on support role. Just in terms of like all of the, the the carry potential that he has because of the resources that are given to him, uh, which is like a, a talking point you hear a lot from the casters and stuff, but. Uh, 
but but it's true that you, you know you can't Genji particularly you know can't survive in uh, a meta against Brig and McCree and Sigma and um, there's at least one more hero that I can't think of, uh, but lots lots of crowd control and lots of lots of really um, dangerous stuff for this hero that wants to get in and get out and and that kind of thing, but. Uh, but when you've got the protection of and the the dedication of you know the rest of the Paris, Paris Eternal uh, towards enabling him uh, and towards having that success, I mean that's um, you know just just like they do with uh, with Jonah going to New York, uh, that that's that can be a really res- really good recipe for success. Um, and obviously on the excuse me on the. Uh, DPS role instead of support, but you know it's it's even more obvious in that sense. Um, although you know Jonah gets kills too, uh, or, or even just think about Fielder's Ana. I mean Fielder uh, has also been a really good addition to that team. But uh, you know just thinking about you know the nano blades and stuff that would come out. I mean he's a really crucial part of um, Sparkle's success. I'm sure too, as he still plays. Still playing from Korea, still playing on super high paying and all that. Uh, uh, and so to, to transition a little bit in, into the finals, which I'm sure uh, we'll have more to say, but uh, you, you know that was in lots of sense the the common denominator um, between the shock match and the Philly match for Paris, or or I should say the one of the main differences was that I think um, Philly found the success that they did. Um, where they did find success uh, against against the the dominant Genji was because of their ability to um, successfully take him down, and um, you, you know whether that's because they have uh, the experience of their own, uh, you know, playing with the playing with the DPS carry that they they know uh, sort of from the other side how important that can be, but. Um, yeah, when they were able to take care of Sparkle, it was um, really quite successful. Uh, and those are lots of the the maps that they won, right? Um, take care of Sparkle, or even in some case, out Genji him. Uh, EQO popping up really hard there for that. Uh, but actually, my MVP then uh, sort of wrapped this up again. Since we're, since we're talking about the Philly match, uh, is going to Fury on the Sigma, who I cannot believe. Uh, that I haven't had more to say about him this season so far, because um, he's just a ridiculously insane off tank player, and he's been super quiet um, on a team that's been having incredible success and winning a bunch of matches, and and he's starting for them regularly. But uh, <laughs> uh, despite all that, it's been pretty quiet. Um, but yeah, Sigma really good and really uh, crucial for. Uh, the success that they were able to find against Paris, um, um, you know, cross map accretions <laughs> and all this fun stuff. Um, it's, so a, a lot of the way, uh, so it's a lot of a lot of talking about this this whole Genji dynamic. But, um, but yeah, absolutely, like that's 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 where the Paris Eternal were able to get sort of the juice that made them run. Oh yeah, I mean we we all talk about the Genji, but they're was tons of other stuff. I mean, go back to the shocks match for this for a second. I mean, maybe it was just a misread on the meta for the shock because they were barely playing Genji all game. 
I can't think of a player on the roster that's like a really, really good Genji. I mean, they had Rascal and Stryker switching off on Genji when they did play him, which was not as often as they would play Tracer or Ash or uh, some other heroes. So it's it's very interesting to see. Um, maybe Shock just had a little bit of a misread on the meta and wasn't wasn't playing Genji as much as these other teams. Uh, but in the final, I mean, the final was nuts i mean you go into this final it's such a good storyline you have paris eternal who is you have sparkle xz fielders doing significantly well you have all these players from element mystic that are just like possible rookie of the year candidates honestly um going up against this philadelphia fusion team that is like has been so close so many times um, and it's just, you can, even when they lost, you could see the frustration in all of their faces, just like they were, this was the closest they've been to, to tasting a title, you know, even though it's only the summer showdown, like it's, it clearly mattered to these guys a ton. Um, and it's just like an instant classic every time Paris and Philly play. Um, honestly, after Paris beat San Francisco, I was like, oh, Paris might just like sweep this one or something. Um, because we hadn't got to see Philly's play against, like, in my opinion, a really good team yet in the tournament. Um, but luckily it went the distance. It always goes the distance with these two teams. Um, and I would say like Sparkle performed super well, who I'm giving my MVP to. Um, but you had players like XC Fielder, all these other players who were really clutching up. It wasn't Sparkle who clutched up um to win in, in that last map on Rialto it was honestly Xy was just dominating that map he was the clear better DPS in that map um but against Carpe's widow <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um and honestly Carpe it, it seemed like Carpe, like EQO was the real carry on that map for fusion if you're not if you're going to if you don't have time to watch this whole match you absolutely should watch this whole match. It's so, so good. One of the best Overwatch League matches I've ever seen. Um, but if, if you don't have time, at least watch Rialto. I, there's the EQO Genji alt clutch at point one. It might be the most insane clutch I've ever seen in Overwatch. Like, I have just never... Like, Overwatch is not a clutch game recently. So I think it's, it's very fun to see a hero have the ability to clutch out situations like that again and EQO absolutely put the team on his back to take that point um and I thought they were about to just run the whole map back after that show like I was like that is some momentum right there um super sad that they weren't able to because they were so close I was after EQO did that I was rooting for Philly I was like they better do it now for EQO he just carried these people um but my god yeah just what a great series overall it's just, I, I I mean, San Francisco, everyone considers them the best. So I think some people were maybe a little upset going into this game, thinking, oh, San Francisco's on the finals. That sucks. Honestly, these two teams put on an absolute show and clearly proved that they're allowed to be on the tier with San Francisco. Um, I, I think they clearly both did here, even though Philly didn't even play San Francisco in this tournament. I think if this is the meta, they have a chance to beat San Francisco for sure because San Francisco's clear one weakness is not having a very good Genji player, which it hurt them this tournament. I, we'll see if Genji stays in meta, but definitely hurt them yeah. this tournament. Yeah, there was a somebody did an interview with Krusty. Um, that is a whole big long form interview got posted on Reddit, but that, that was a lot of uh, 
uh, or maybe he did like a stream and he was like answering chat questions or something. I don't know, but that was what a lot of the questions were. You know, thinking about you know, oh, uh, who's the Genji player and how's that coming? And Krusty was saying, uh, yeah, Super really wanted to play Genji and he was showing me all these clips. <laughs> so maybe we bring him out. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't wasn't a hundred percent serious, but it's still funny. <laughs> I, I wouldn't honestly it might seem like they just might do it someday <laughs> at this point i mean i striker rascal great players but i i would say they're both not known for their genji so um they're definitely definitely players who, who i mean rascal fantastic farah you had striker iconic tracer but yeah they just don't have a player who's like an iconic genji on their team uh, but yeah, North American Summer Showdown, absolutely fantastic. Before we move on to Asia, Joe, you got anything else to uh, say about the North America bracket? Yeah, I mean, um, we, you know, we, you got to mention Philly, uh, uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? <laughs> uh, second place season one, uh, second place in a couple stages, I think, uh, and now here also in uh, two monthly tournaments in a row. Um, that's rough. But uh, actually, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I can't. They got second in the main melee, right? Um, Philly got third, right? Or they got they di- they lost in the semifinals in the main melee. Oh, they, yeah, because that was shock and uh, and Florida. Uh, Florida. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, so there you go. <laughs> they didn't win again. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's super unfortunate that. Um, weren't able to pull that out. And the other thing I was going to say was, uh, oh yeah, that's, uh, I think Philly and Paris are now like two and two, uh, historically, or maybe even two and two this season in terms of their, um, yeah, I think so. They're, they're playing each other, but yeah, so it was a super nice game. Oh Absolutely. yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, I would not be disappointed if we saw Philly Paris, at any point in the playoffs, semifinals maybe, because of course you, I, I imagine they're going to include the Asia teams in the playoffs in this overall playoff structure uh, in the at the end of the season. But I, I would not be upset if we saw Philly Paris at some point. It seems like a semifinals game to me if you add Shanghai, Guangzhou, all these other teams. But it's clearly like honestly maybe the best rivalry we've had this season. Like they have just been neck and neck in every game i think every game has at least gone to five maps besides this one which went to seven because it's first to four so like <laughs> these two clearly play a hell of a match every time out so um very fun to watch but yeah let's move over to the asia bracket which i uh, admittedly did not get to see as much of it uh i actually didn't get to see any of it besides the finals which um, I woke up early uh, that day and rewinded and watched the whole thing. And it was fantastic. Uh, and it was another upset. So we, we, I think we did not expect the Guangzhou Charge and the Paris Eternal to be the two champions. At the, at, if you asked me at the end of the May Melee, if you told me the Paris Eternal and Guangzhou Charge would be the champions of the next one, I'd be like, really? That's, that's not true. Um, but yeah, you had it was pretty much chalk all the way through. I think some people predicted London to upset Seoul, but that ended up not happening. Um, 
I think you predicted NYXL to beat Guangzhou Charge, right, Joe? Uh, I did, yeah. And it, I mean, just based on, um, uh, I think mostly based on how uh, highly I rated Hangzhou uh, uh, in, in the month of June slash July. Um, yeah, with, with New York and Guangzhou, both with the 3-0 sweep in the first round, uh, I figured it was going to be a little bit closer than it was. Uh, but, it was not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the Eileen Hawksall matchup was uh, uh, it was good. Uh, not not quite as uh, close there in the scoreline by the end of it as as I had expected it to be. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Once I found out this was a Genji meta, I was like, oh, Eileen has has Hawksall. Like he's the Genji. Um, but not was not to be. Eileen's Genji was pretty good this weekend as well. Clearly, um, and just a little bit better than Hawksall's. Uh, t- enough to s- to get them the sweep at least. Uh, but then we got to the finals. Shanghai easily took care of Seoul in the semifinals, um, and we got to the finals uh, where Shanghai faced off against Guangzhou, and we got a result we just did not expect. Shanghai, much like uh, the San Francisco Shock, I'd say, were deaf. They definitely were not on that Genji tune, um, which. Might have ended up making a difference in the end, but uh, Guangzhou was not Genji twenty four seven either. Uh, sometimes they, sometimes they played um, some different heroes in there. But you had Eileen on the Genji, happy on hit scan heroes most of the time, and then Fleta and Lip and all of and um, some were were usually and DM came in at some time at some points. You had Fleta usually on like Tracer or Echo. Not as much Genji here. Um, people obviously wondering if that was the difference, but honestly, Guangzhou is looking like they have a pretty good roster at this point, Joe. Do you think the success continues into, uh, what is the next one called again? Uh, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the Countdown Cup. The c- we're getting close <laughs> to the end of the season. Of course. Do you think that their success continues into the Countdown Cup? Or do you think Shanghai will probably just power them out by the end of the season? Obviously, in a fantastic roster. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is two uh, two months now, two tournaments now that they've looked really nice. Uh, I, I would be I, I would be surprised. I think if if they uh, uh, don't hang around there, they're near the top at least of the Asian division. I mean, you know, uh, Shanghai is definitely up there. Guangzhou is up there. Uh, Seoul has the potential to. You know, we, we've seen. Um, how how sketchy that may or may not be. Excuse me. And then, of course, in North America, we got Shock, we got Philly, uh, we've got Paris. Probably is a a good addition there too. Just in terms of like, you know, top teams we can think about in both divisions. But but yeah, the Guangzhou is definitely, uh, definitely a part of that conversation for sure. I would think. Um, and obviously we don't know our our uh, playoff format yet, but uh, but it's definitely gonna. Uh, definitely can include them, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, the Asian the Asian Summer Showdown wasn't as good as North American, in my opinion. Uh, but the finals were still super fun, and it was an upset. I don't think people expected this win to happen, uh, and it definitely did in the end. Um, if this Genji meta continues, it might get a little scary here for Shanghai, both Shanghai and San Francisco, the two May Melee winners. Um, clearly neither of them like that Genji meta as much as, as other metas. They were not playing Genji that much this weekend. 
um, and it caused them to both lose their their titles in the May Melee. Uh, weren't able to repeat in the Summer Showdown, either of them. So that's going to be interesting to, to look at going forward. We'll see if Genji stays in meta. We'll see if people come up with some counters. We'll see if he gets banned in the first two weeks of the Countdown Cup, which I would say is pretty likely, honestly. Um, that's what we saw with Echo. May Melee, in the May Melee at least, Echo was super dominant and then was banned almost immediately for the first two weeks. Um, so if that happens, Shanghai and San Francisco, I think are going to be very happy. They won't have to deal with that problem, at least at first. Um, so yeah, um, let's see, Joe, anything else to talk about here, um, from this past week? Um, I guess my, my other comment about these finals, um, Shanghai v. Guangzhou in particular, uh, that Shanghai did get, um, some lip, no pun intended, um, from, uh, from the general public about some of their, um, yeah, crazy DPS stuff, like we talked about. Um, not playing so much Genji, but playing lots of other stuff. Lip and DM and Fleta, and um, I guess those are their, their three primary DPS players. Um, what? Looking at one of the tabs on this map, they, the OverwatchSeek.com says they had three DPS players in and only one tank. Um, not sure that's accurate, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, moving the three of them all around, playing playing somber, playing widow, um, again when that you know sort of wasn't the uh, the way lots of other teams were leaning, and it, so there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But um, that was definitely something that was uh, highlighted by people when they were looking at that match. Yeah, and I, I I'm not yelling at people. I'm not yelling at Shocker Shanghai for sort of trying to embrace their own ways and trying to counter the Genji Cup because I, d I would like to see people counter it. Obviously, I don't want everyone to just submit to the meta. Um, but I do wonder, I, like when Shock, I, when we saw Shock and we saw Dragons play Genji, I definitely think they weren't doing as well as the teams they were playing against. Um, so I, I think they were just doing what was best for them. So I don't blame them at all. And I think if they had more time, they would be able to refine a counter for Genji at least. Um but yeah, for now, those two teams end up falling, um, did not uh, win the tournaments this time around, and it was super fun because of it. Absolutely. I mean, I went into that into Summer Showdown weekend thinking like it was going to be a drag. I thought Shock was just going to dominate based off of their results. I mean, who wouldn't? Like the 3-0'd Philly, 3-0'd Paris, like they had, they had an easy time in the qualifiers. I was like, this team is just can't be taken down right now, and then... Paris comes in with the upset, and that was super fun to watch. That was my match to rewatch because Joe was Philly Paris. Um, but honestly, yeah, I just rewatch those two matches if you if you didn't watch any because those were really good. And then I'd say uh, Shanghai Guangzhou was definitely rewatchable as well. Um, but as far as our season pick scores go, I think I outscored Joe by two points maybe two or three points in this bracket uh, i think even just one yeah on this maybe one. for this particular tournament yeah okay um, um, but unfortunately it, that pulls you that much farther away <laughs> yeah i am now winning 89 81 in our season picks and we are getting close to the end which is scary for joe obviously but I, he should have two more tournaments i guess one the countdown cup and then playoffs to try to come back here uh, so that'll be nice for him Plus, I won. Uh, I won last season. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> we're just evening out here. Um, but we got 
we got like a full schedule of the rest of the season besides playoffs. We don't know what the format of the playoffs are going to be. Um, so that's absolutely great. You can go to overwatchleague.com right now. Go check out the rest of the schedule. We have the Countdown Cup um, happening. And then after that, we have, I believe, two weeks of games going on just to even out everyone's records a little bit. Um, and Joe actually did the math on that. So, Joe, if you want to take a take a quick gander into some some math here on on uh, how they were able to end up evening out a bunch of these records, because a lot of teams missed out on a lot of weeks uh, once coronavirus started out. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I guess not so much math as just like counting, but <laughs> it's technically math, but, right? <laughs> don't don't yeah, disregard yeah. like the second graders, you know. Come on. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, in the same uh, overwatchleague.com blog post um, in which they announced the countdown cup, they also came out with the rest of the end of season schedule. Uh, so I just went through and sort of pulled out um, uh, the matches that these teams have. Uh, just kind of see what, what they were working with, but because um, they again, this the setup was to try to uh, make it so that all teams had uh, as close to uh, the same amount of total matches as possible, so they can uh, use that as, as some kind of measuring stick uh, for for trying for seeding. I assume for this uh, end of season playoffs, whatever whatever that ends up looking like. Uh, but so yeah, I just went through for every team and counted to see how many uh, matches they actually have. Um, so in that last, uh, I think you're right, it's like two weekends maybe. Um, uh, that yeah, teams will have either uh, anywhere from five uh, to zero matches in those two weeks. Um, so that all of the uh, Asia Pacific teams, except for Seoul, uh, will have 18 matches uh, by the end of the uh, by the end of the season, and I think Seoul only ends up with 17 for whatever reason. Um, and every North American team also will uh, finish with 17 matches played. Um, so that's cool. But uh, So we will see lots of, um, in those two weeks, we'll see lots of London, Seoul, Vancouver, and the LA Gladiators. I think London and Seoul play each other like three times. Um <laughs> But but uh, all all four of those teams each have five matches in those two weeks. Uh, Dallas, Atlanta, and the Shock will play four matches each. Uh, Florida and the LA Valiant will play three matches. Uh, again, not not with each other, but just total. They will be in three matches. Uh, New York, Paris, Boston, and Toronto will play two matches each. Uh, Shanghai, Hangzhou, Philly, and Washington uh, will only be short one match, uh, so we'll see them once. And uh, Guangzhou and Chengdu, for whatever reason, uh, will already have their 18 matches uh, by the end of the Countdown Cup, and so we will not see them again until um, uh, whatever playoffs might happen, uh, assuming Chengdu is in them, which, I don't know, it's possible. <laughs> uh, but Guangzhou probably for sure, but uh, but yeah, so they get those two weeks off, which is interesting. But um, that's that's the way they've set it up, so it's all kind of balanced. So uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting when I was looking at that. Yeah, very interesting to to just look at how many. I mean, <laughs> literally three times London versus Seoul. Very interesting. We do get to see Philly versus San Francisco um, in week twenty-seven, I believe. So uh, that'll be fun. Hopefully, Philly makes it a game this time. 
Uh, if if it's Genji meta, then they definitely will. But that's a long time away after the countdown comp, even so, we have no clue what's going to be happening by then. Uh, I totally forgot that uh, people are rewarded wins for their finishes in the summer showdown. So I was just looking at the standings, and it definitely helped Paris out a ton. Got him all the way up to six. So um, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, definitely, and Guangzhou all the way up to third, which is very debatable. Because uh, they're 16 and 6, and San Francisco's 15 and 2. I would kind of consider San Francisco third in my mind. The, the, the Overwatch Sleek website is always just wonky on these, so I just don't get it. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I'm glad that they're they're finishing up um, season nice. I'm glad they were able to even it out. Obviously, this year was super experimental, all over the place, and changed every other week on what they were going to do. So. Glad they were able to at least get a full season out of it anyways. Um, yeah, super. And I'm excited to see what playoffs are going to be. I highly doubt they are going to be in person, Joe. <laughs> be honest with you. Like the, these coronavirus numbers are raising every day. So it does not. I, I would say it's very unlikely they'd try to do this in person, which uh, will make things very interesting when the when an Asian team is going to have to face a North American team and one of them is going to have to have very high ping or they just like somehow get a server set up in the middle of the Pacific ocean to make it even. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- this was, was a shorter one, obviously, cause we have nothing to preview yet until our episode next week. Um, hopefully some more news by next week too, on some different things. We'll probably have, um, band heroes by then stuff like that. Maybe, maybe some new patch info, stuff like that coming out next week. Hopefully, or else it'll be a very short episode. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Joe, you got anything else? Um, yeah, I don't think so. I just wanted to check in. I'm here. I'm recording my audio. Uh, it's been since that episode that we've been <laughs> on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we passed 90 episodes last week. Yeah. Um, We're so almost at 100. Cool. Almost to 100. Yeah, maybe that'll be like right when uh, playoffs are. That would be cool. That would be very cool. Uh, well, until then, uh, here are, here's our uh, social media. You can follow me at JWGeorgeIV. Joe is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC on Twitter. Uh, we have a show Twitter at On The Flank Show. Go follow us there. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any corrections, any topics you like to talk about. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you, go, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy a week off of an owl.